there's a little devotion that I like to share about how identity leads to legacy. So who you understand yourself to be and what, what you understand your purpose in life to be, you know, it really is, um, a, uh, an anchor, I would say to, to keeping us on track and helping us continue to seek first the kingdom. Hi friends, Andrew here, and we're doing something a little bit different with the show today. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll you'll pick this up right away. It's just going to be me, and I'm going to be sharing a short devotion on how identity leads to legacy. And we mentioned this last episode when I was talking with Westwood on how to start making disciples in a new area. So as promised, I'm just going to give a quick run through of this illustration or really a framework that has been helpful for me over the years. When it comes to ordering my discipleship, having the right expectations going into it, and I'll share a little bit about why this is important, but if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see I've got this broken down, this six-part framework, and we're going to be working our way through it. Um, but let me start with just sharing a few thoughts about why I think this particular framework has been so helpful for me and what I'm hoping you'll take away from it um, today. And so first of all, identity and purpose are the anchor and the azimuth of discipleship. Now, what do I mean by that? So identity is where we should start. That's our anchor. That's, that's what we come back to when things aren't going well. And this is very biblical. If you go to Genesis, you see that the very first uh, chapter, we get introduced to humankind. And it starts with our identity, that we, among all creation, are unique in that our identity is we are the one creature that's been made in the image of God. And that really sets the stage, not only for the next few chapters, where we get into Adam and Eve turning away from God, stepping out from under his authority, disobeying, uh, but all of the fallout and the confusion that comes. And this is something very relative to us, I think, in 2022, where not just people in general, but Christians included, were confused over our identity, who we are, who we've been created to be. Fast forward to um, the New Testament, and God sends his son Jesus into the world, and Jesus lives for 30 years in obscurity. But when it's time for him to, to make his appearance, to become known um, among the people of his time, it starts with his baptism at the hands of John the Baptist. And again, a voice um, comes from the heavens. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And I love that because um, at the very beginning, you see Jesus's identity being highlighted. And uh, certainly for him, I think that was very significant at the outset of his, at the outset of his public ministry before anything else had happened, clarity around his identity. You see the same thing in Paul, in his calling on the, the road to Damascus. Uh, when God appears to him, he clarifies uh, not just who he had been, but who he was now that uh, that Jesus had called him, that he would be a witness, that he that the Lord had appeared to him because he was going to be a spokesman for Jesus. So 
that's what I mean by identity being our anchor, that we need to be clear about who we are, especially as people of faith. But purpose is our azimuth. Now, that's a word that you may not be familiar with, but it, it has to do with setting direction. And so when we think about um, identity and purpose, they're crucial for our discipleship because they're going to give us uh, security, that anchor of this is who we are, regardless of what's going on around us, re- regardless of the mistakes or successes that we have, this is our identity. And then secondly, our purpose. Why are we here? What are we moving towards? So that's why I think this little framework is helpful. It has been helpful for me. I hope it'll be helpful for you. Um, This, I think, is important because many times when we think about discipleship, we want to jump straight to behaviors. What am I supposed to do? And discipleship is very action-oriented. We we just did a series on this where we talked about discipleship uh, being the lifestyle of a disciple of Jesus. So um, 100% discipleship involves action, but sometimes we want to jump straight to those behaviors, the do's and don'ts, um, and we get ahead of ourselves if we don't have that clarity around our identity and our purpose. Or we may want to jump straight to legacy. We, we want God to hurry up and do something significant in and around us, and so we lack that patience. So uh, this framework, I hope it's, it's in sequence. You'll see that each one builds on the next. And so what I'm going to do over the next few minutes is just run through this framework. I don't, I'm, I'm hoping this video will be about 10 minutes long. We'll see. Uh, and then highlight a few practical takeaways. So let's start with identity. And this really gets into answering the question, who I am. And again, why is this important? Because one, it gives us security. It gives us certainty around who we are but it also gives us boldness. And if you think about the story of David and Goliath, this is a fascinating thing. Why would knowing our identity give us boldness? Let's look at the story here of David fighting Goliath. Now, in what chapter does David fight Goliath? It's in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And if you remember the story, uh, that the armies of Israel and the Philistines had been camped opposite one another um, they had not done battle yet, but about 40 days had passed. And during that time, the Philistine champion, Goliath, had come down and he had taunted all of the soldiers in the Israelite army. And none of them were brave enough. None of these soldiers were brave enough to go down and fight Goliath. Now, David wasn't in the army. He was the youngest son of, of many brothers. Um, and he Um, he was not old enough, so he was back with the flocks, but he came to visit his brothers one day, and it just so happened that while he was there, sure enough, Goliath, the Philistine, comes down, and he begins to taunt uh, the Israelite army as he had been um, for the past several weeks. David hears this, and the shock of all shocks is that he, not even a soldier, was willing to go down and fight against this this giant. Now, why was this? Well, there's a few things. Certainly, it seems that David had a strong faith in God when he he confronts Goliath. Uh, It's very clear that he's putting his trust in God to save him. He was also somewhat experienced. He had fought a lion. He had fought a bear uh, to protect uh, his father's flock of sheep. So he had faced danger and uh, come out alive. Uh, And he tells the Philistine warrior that that, that's going to be the same thing that happens to him. But David, I believe, had something else going for him. And that's because in 1 Samuel 16, David and his family had been visited by the prophet Samuel. And 
David had had a crucial piece of his identity revealed by Samuel the prophet. He had been anointed by Samuel as the future king of Israel. And so David, even though he was there that day on, on the, uh, the sidelines amongst the army, he wasn't just a shepherd boy. He wasn't just the youngest of seven brothers. Um, he was, his identity was the future king of Israel. And he had his faith in that. And so David, in a sense, you could think that David had something that no one else in that army had that day. And that was the confidence that whatever happened when he faced Goliath that day, it wasn't the end of his story because God had already revealed to him that his identity was the future king of Israel. And I think that's a significant reason that played into David's boldness. And so in the same way, um, you and I need to know who we are in Christ because that's not only going to give us a security, it's also going to give us boldness. It's going to give us confidence in both those directions, confidence so that we can be secure in who we are, but also confidence so that we can go out and engage in this life that, that Jesus is calling us to. So getting your identity clear as a disciple is critical. And at the end, we're going to share a few takeaways about how to do that. Um, but identity leads into our purpose. Why am I here? So identity, who am I? Purpose, why am I here? And this brings focus to our lives. I want to read a few verses from the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 1. And this is what he had to say. Now, most of us are familiar with Philippians 1, 21. But very few of us have spent time reflecting on verse 22. So verse 21, Paul says, For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. In verse 22, he goes on to say, but if I am to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me, and I do not know which to choose. So here's Paul. He's committed to living for Christ, but he's, he's having this conversation with himself of, should I stay or should I go? Should I stay on in the flesh or should I go on to be with Jesus? Um, and he says, I would actually prefer to go on, but if I am to remain on in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. So when we think about the purpose that God has you for here on earth for, I want you to consider that if you're here in the flesh, if you're living in this earthly world right now, and you're a follower of Jesus, that's your identity. You're one who believes in, belongs to, and is becoming like Jesus. That's your identity. Your purpose is fruitful labor. You are here because Jesus has work for you to do. And it's meaningful work. It's fruitful work. Um, and so you're not just riding it out. You're not just waiting until the end of the line where you die, this life ends, and you go to be with Jesus. No, if you're here, it's because there's fruitful labor that he has for you to do. And that is your ultimate purpose. If you're here as a follower of Jesus, there's lots of other things that you get to enjoy as time passes. But the reason you're here is because Jesus has fruitful labor for you to engage in. And it's important to discover what that is and to get involved in it because that's going to lead into the next part of the framework, which is your behavior. And this is how you act at given times. And we've got a ton of great resources on behavioral actions that you can take to grow as a disciple. Um, but these need to flow out of uh, who you are and why you're here your identity and your purpose need to be informed by, uh, I'm sorry, your behavior needs to be informed by 
your identity and your purpose. You don't want to jump straight to behavior, the do's and don'ts without attaching it to your identity and purpose. Now, over time, as you take these steps, these behavioral actions of living out your identity and living into your purpose, that's going to lead to a lifestyle. So uh, lifestyle is just the accumulation of your given behaviors over time. I love the way that James Clear says it in his book, Atomic Actions. Uh, I'm sorry, Atomic Habits. Um, he says that every action that you engage in is a vote for your future self. It's a vote for who you're becoming. Um, and your lifestyle is really just the track record of what you're living into as your uh, purpose and what you're living out of as your identity. Now, here's where it gets really exciting, I think, because if you and I trust God to define our identity and our purpose, and then if we take steps of obedience to behave in line with our identity and purpose, that creates a lifestyle that, that we're responsible for. It's, it's our responsibility to cultivate a life of devotion, that lifestyle of, of a disciple. But look at what happens next. The fifth part of this framework is a destiny. And this is something that only God can do. So God is the one who is ultimately responsible to put you in the right place, to guide you, to use your life. There are things that you need to be doing, these, your behaviors, your lifestyle, you need to cultivate that. But God is the one who is going to do a work through us as we live out of, as we discover and live out of our identity and our purpose. And then ultimately that leads to a legacy. This is what we leave behind um, and that's something that should encourage us. If you're younger in your life, um, you want to live, a, you want to leave a legacy. You want to live into, you, you want a life that counts. You want to make your life count. So notice this flow. Identity and purpose are what inform our behavior and behavior over time leads to a lifestyle. And then those things, that life of faithfulness is something that God ends up using um, this destiny, the way he's going to use your life uh, and the legacy, what, what you leave behind. Now, I love this. Let me read one more passage here from 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through 16. So here, Paul is writing, and again, he's describing himself. So let's read this, verses 12 through 16. Paul says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service, even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor. Yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was more than abundant with the faith and love which are found in Christ Jesus. It is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, among whom... I am foremost of all, yet for this reason I found mercy, so that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. Now, we won't do it here, but I want you to think of the, that six-part framework of identity, uh, of identity leading to legacy, and then Put it against these verses where Paul is describing his life. And I think you'll see that he had a clear sense of his identity, his purpose, and that led him to live a certain way. And it, it resulted in God using his life 
in a powerful way. And what's exciting about this, I believe, is that Paul, we think of Paul as this superstar Christian. But when Paul considered himself, he considered himself as the the foremost among sinners. Um, he was like the least likely to be used by Jesus. And yet Jesus used him. Now, why would that be? Well, Paul said one reason was because it was a testimony to us uh, as an example for those who would believe in Jesus for eternal life. Paul's life is an example that God can take anyone and he can use their life. So Paul, you know, we're thinking about Paul exactly opposite. Paul is not just this unattainable example that, that we could never measure up to. Paul's saying that Jesus used my life. Of course, he can use yours. So let me leave you with just a few takeaways here. First of all, um, what should you do with this? Well, well, start by being serious about studying your identity and your purpose in Christ. Let Jesus define who you are and why you're here. That has to be both the anchor for your life and the azimuth for what you're going to live into. And the scriptures are where you're going to find that. The scriptures, just like um, you know, our identity in Genesis 1 was defined by God. Let us make man in our image. David's identity was defined by God's word through the prophet. Jesus's identity was defined by a voice coming from heaven. This is my beloved son. In the same way, you're not going to figure out your true identity and purpose unless you go to God in the scriptures and let him define and shape those things for you. So number one, focus on discovering in scripture your identity and purpose. Number two, learn how to live by application. And here I just use the word training. Um, Now, this is where disciple making and being part of the church, being part of a community of believers is so critical because you're going to only figure out how to live out this identity and live into this purpose in the context of being part of the body of Christ and being uh, co-workers with fellow believers. We call that training, learning how to live the faith in community, and if possible, learning from older believers who can invest into your life. So learn how to live by application. This isn't just something that's supposed to be clear in our heads. It's something we're supposed to live out in our lives. And then finally, trust God for his promises. And this has to do with the future. Remember that only God can do something through your life. That's that's the destiny and the legacy part. We don't have to worry about that. Um, If you're following Jesus, if you're living out of your identity and you're living by your purpose, um, and you're taking those that those behaviors and developing a lifestyle of devotion, you can trust that Jesus is going to um, he's going to create the results. He's going to make the difference. He's going to use your life. That's that's his that's his work. That's something only he can do. You don't have to make that happen um, in order to achieve significance or have some level of success. Uh, what Jesus is looking for is for us to be faithful. And then trust him for the future. Okay, well, definitely more than 10 minutes, but I hope this was helpful. Would love to hear your thoughts on this. If you have any questions, put them in the comments here on YouTube or post them to us on our social media. We'll be back with more of a regular show on our next episode. Until then, thanks everyone for watching and we'll talk to you later. 